A podcast where we smoke and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Lick Namak. My pronouns are he, him. And my name's Lady Cocktonberg, and my pronouns are they, she. We have a special guest today. My name's Hira Minsman. My pronouns are they, she. Welcome to episode 11, Suter. Susan Walter Kuhnhausen. Oh god, that's such a hard one. We're changing the episode. (laughs) No, she's a bad bitch. She's a bad bitch. Have you guys heard of the story at all? No. 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 The boys in the background also said no. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's a badass story. I'm not gonna give too much away because I wanted to like be very surprising. But Katie, what is your vibe this week, my dude? My vibe is good i <laughs> my vibe is good that's my, all you need to know my vibe is good uh yeah no no no. i i do only have one day off this week which is sad but i'm making the most of it so so i'm excited and my cat is back from the vet for now <laughs> for now but yeah so i'm, I'm kind of doing well yeah, yeah. Yeah, give, your... give Winona some love for yeah, me. Yeah, my cat has kidney failure. She's not really mine. I foster her, but I love her. Yeah, we've mentioned Winona on here before. Yeah, yeah, she's a little toothless maniac, but so we just have to feed her special food and make sure that she drinks enough water and then... And give her some extra head scratches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Katie uh, detaching themselves from this cat right now. Uh, like, yeah, I yes, actually, I guess we do. I don't like her. No, I love her. She's, she's cool, perfect. whatever. But yeah, she's cool. She doesn't have teeth, so that's kind of lame. Like that's the cutest bit. fucking thing. You think it's oh cute my to god! Not have teeth? So if a yeah. man walked up to at a bar and he didn't have teeth, and he was like, "Hey, baby, hey, baby," <laughs> would you think that's cute? I would lick my lips and say, "Let me get in that mouth hole." Well, I'm so proud of your opinions. It's important to have opinions. <laughs> that is the rudest. I am so proud of your opinions. <laughs> um. Anyways, Mira, what's your vibe? My vibe is, uh, like, that emoji that's, like, bleh, you know? Like, yeah, that one. The one with the, like, crazy tongue out and, like, Yeah, the one eyes. eye closed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. That's my vibe. Because I am insane mentally. In the membrane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, baby. That's, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's my vibe. Bleh. Yeah, me and Mira are actually synced. We are. On our mental health schedule right now. So every week you've heard me say, I'm manic, or I'm sad, or I'm angry. Mira's been right along aside me, uh-huh. you know? Like, we're, we're each other's parallels in this universe right now. Yeah. yeah. So I guess whatever Mira's feeling, I'm feeling. Right. And whatever I'm feeling like also I'm that blech. Uh-huh. I closed a tongue out. <laughs> Twinsies. No, actually... I did some tattoos yesterday and today that I am very proud of. And there is one specific one today that's a cowboy pickle that, wow, I can't believe somebody yeah. got it on their body, but I love them for it. It was you really know? cute. It was a cute fucking tattoo. It's like, it was very cute. Yeah. Very cute. And also the whole time they were talking about it, they were like, I don't want to steal your logo for Pickle Dink, but... It's really cute. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't design the logo. Shout out to Claire for designing my logo, but I'll do something similar to it. And it turned out very adorable, very 
cowboy hat aviator cowboy boot with the pickle it was a great pickle it was amazing yeah, yeah. What, well yeah. what more do you want from a pickle you know sweet pickle or savory that's fucked up that you'd even oh. say sweet. <laughs> you don't like sweet pickles? That's so funny. You know the Nar. famous Nar. Dave's spicy pickles? You know those ones? The famous Dave's spicy pickles? No. I, I have a jar of pickles. them in my fridge right now. Do you want to try one and we can pause really yeah. fast? Oh my god, yeah. Wait, okay. wait. Well, you know what time it is. Anyway. Yeah, you so... know. We'll just do this all in one big <laughs> yeah. swing. You know, we're going to go, um, <clears throat> it smokes them. I fucking hate Gossip Girl, dude. I don't understand that opinion, but... Literally, it's a show about rich people. Do you... I've tried watching the first season, but no. They, like, do cocaine, cheat on each other. (laughs) Suddenly, like, one of them's gay. They're just too rich for me to feel, like, any entertainment by them because I'm like, you're so rich that I have no connection to you. It's, like, very Riverdale where it just feels so... Oh, I love Riverdale. I know. But only up to season three. Yeah. Then it gets, like, a little too crazy for me personally yeah fi- yeah i hate riverdale. Really hate riverdale yeah fuck riverdale the new gossip girl has that hot skater dude though um Ooh. um pink hair <sighs> i want to say evan peters but i know yeah. that's not the name and he's like a bisexual legend in the show okay that's kind of nice but i haven't watched the new one I've, i'm only speaking on old one because didn't they just start a new one right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. on hbo max isn't it gayer or something oh 100 percent. yeah i yeah. think that's like definitely a little queer baby they said totally totally hey we couldn't <laughs> the reason why we couldn't entertain you before is because we were too rich so if we make the show gay and rich you'll like us more so i might like this one i might connect to it more yeah and there's a hot guy if you're gay Watch the new Gossip Girl. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's, it's pretty oh. cheesy. The teacher... Oh, I was... Yeah, you about to expose the whole... Spoiler alert. The teachers are Gossip Girl. It's in the first episode. Like, that's no, how it starts. It's yeah. It's fucked up. And but they just, like, get off on, like, gossiping about these kids. Yeah. Oh. My mom's FaceTiming me. But my thing was... <laughs> Say hi to the podcast. Hi, podcast. And we're back. So back to Susan. Um, Susan Walters. I'm not even her last name. Kuhnhausen is her ex-husband's last name. And I like, he doesn't deserve that to be attached to her name. So we're just going to call her Susan Walters because I think that's what she deserves. A slow clap erupted. <laughs> the audio being spike, 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 oh, spike, no. spike, spike. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh god, yeah. I'm gonna bestow the sound of machine upon And it begins. Do you know how it's a little bit? It's just like a little bit. Anyway, Mira now has control of the sound machine. So most of my research for the story came from Sinisterhood, a podcast. Do y'all know who Sinisterhood is? Yeah, I love Sinisterhood. That sounds like such an ad getting through a peace sign afterwards. Anyway, it's these two, like, wicked amazing early middle-aged women. They're, like, just out of millennials, you know? Um, One of them was a lawyer and just quit becoming a lawyer to do the podcast full-time. And the other one is also really fucking intelligent. And they also do comedy. But they're really funny and super smart. And they give interesting perspectives because of, like, uh, having the legal knowledge of what 
the police did wrong in the cases, what the lawyers did wrong in the cases, what evidence was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a yeah. really interesting perspective on a lot of it. But anyway, so they do a really good covering of this. And most of my information comes from that podcast. Just Heather and Christy are really, really, really amazing at their job and give really detailed and personal details to each of these stories they do a lot of big deep dive research so this like really cool information that i have in here comes from their brains of where they went which is just round of applause you know yeah that's awesome and they deserve this long ass round of applause like like, straight up that was i love them fully you were like and that's why today and that's why i'm here today yeah that's why i'm I'm able to tell this story today you know thank you sinisterhood what if we partnered with sinisterhood and our i would probably cry i would cry in here we'd be like giving facts they'd be like actually that's not true (laughs) yeah they'd be like actually we just checked it in the meantime and you're wrong (laughs) so and that's why we drink and sinisterhood did a crossover episode and em and uh christine were like that's how they felt the whole time sinisterhood was so efficient giving their podcast and they switched over to and that's why we drink and it they were like it felt like a shit show the whole time and i was like we definitely would be the shit show it would be so funny though <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a very like, good crossover like when you go to a college improv show you know that's yeah. like what it would feel like we're just improving the facts literally and just be like um okay clicking along as we go anyway we love you thank you we just talked about you for like five minutes anyway So Susan Walters became a registered nurse in the 1980s. After finishing her degree, she moved to Portland, Oregon. Woo! Yeah, Portland! Where she was fairly outgoing and funny. She started to make a community by going to comedy clubs and was known for her obnoxious laugh. That is such a roast. Yeah. (laughs) And she had the most annoying fucking laugh. Yeah, they were just like, her laugh is contagious. Oh, that's cute. You know, it's very, like, loud and rambunctious. Everybody give what you think the laugh would be. I'll go first. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I was just really squeezing my gut, hoping the noise would come out of my mouth and nothing came out. I don't know if I can do it. Somebody else go first. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Oh Thanks, God. Katie. <laughs> so anyway, she's in Oregon for a while, and Susan's mom and sister placed a singles ad in the newspaper trying to find a perfect man to match Susan's energy. <laughs> It was titled Someone Different, and it went on about how she was a middle-aged, thoroughly average-looking woman with an extraordinary personality. She was looking for someone to explore the mountains and grow together as they grew old. Looking for someone... Thoughtful, intelligent, and full of humor. It was a really cute, detailed posting being like, I'm looking for someone that's willing to have deep conversations and isn't afraid was just very innocent she's like i'm a nurse i work really long hours the time that i have off i want to spend exploring and getting to know each other which is so cute she also like roasted herself so much in that ad she said middle age well this is like what a tender would be so you have to describe yourself as much as possible yeah so mike her soon-to-be husband his response is really funny because you're like, why the fuck would you write a letter giving demographic details the way that you do, you know? Yeah. Anyway. And read the letter. So Susan received a reply that said, hi, different. My name's Mike. I'm a 39-year-old divorced white male. I enjoy most things in nature from wandering the caves in Mount St. Helens to walking on beaches at sunset. That's cute. That's that's pretty cute. This you interaction know, is pretty cute. Yeah, like yeah. he saw it in the paper and was like, all right, different. That's funny, quirky. 
quirky, cute, adorable. In for it. So his name was Mike Kunhausen. Before their first time going on a date, they actually spoke on the phone for over 100 hours. They hit it off together. Susan said that she loved how he... Wanted to talk about the deepest things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Just in love with him. Like, he asked me how my day was. Such a man, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the basic expectations. It's crazy that that's something you have to look for in a human being. And they talked on the phone for 100 hours? Yeah, which this... That was probably expensive in the 80s. I hate talking on the phone. Like, I went 100 hours, y'all? That's, That's like, every long. night. Is it really? That's not long. Wait, how many hours? I put, really? like, 500 yeah. hours into Animal Crossing, okay? That is not long at all. I, you didn't stop for a few weeks. <laughs> it was COVID. I had nothing else to do besides yeah. for Animal so Crossing. just, like, every spare moment they were just on the phone with each other. Very They're cute, really, yeah. yeah. And so she's cute. also, like, a registered nurse. So spending that yeah. much time on the phone with someone means that anytime she wasn't nursing it up she was anytime she wasn't nursing (laughs) anytime she wasn't nursing she was chit-chatting on the phone with this guy you know swooning swooning so their first date was in february 1988 at a rotary club where they fed ducks and squirrels together then in december of 88 they went to reno and got married Ooh, here comes the bride (laughs) Here comes the bra. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, needless to say, it wasn't long after that, things started to go downhill. A few months in, Mike began telling her that he had never been happy and started a motto. Life's a shit sandwich, and every day you take another bite until you die. <laughs> That's literally my motto right now. Life's a shit sandwich. (laughs) And every day you take another bite until you die. That is so Tumblr 2012. (laughs) So, anyway. It's so Mike 1992. That is so quirky of Mike. So quirky. He went then to the Vietnam War. He told Susan of terrible battles and horrifying nights. But in a later investigation, Susan discovered that he was merely a switchboard operator. Uh, after returning from the war a few years into their marriage, Mike began working at Oregon Entertainment as a janitorial supervisor. This is the parent company for Fantasy Adult Video. Oh, porn? Porn. So he worked as, like, the janitor for a porn production studio. Cleaning up Oh, God. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, can we just take a moment? Every can day we? he's cleaning cum. Life is a shit sandwich. Life is a oh shit sandwich. God. That part. Oh. Here's him just sitting watching, going to clean it up, getting the squeegee out. Oh. You know. Uh, uh, but that would be fun. <laughs> also, the fact that he lies about the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah. He was just a switchboard operator. And he was like, literally would tell her, we were attacked in the dead of night and I saw my best friend's head get blown off and like horror stories. And then she was like, years after they got divorced, she was like doing, looking him up, doing more research now that the internet was popular. And she was like, he was a switchboard operator. That's what she found in like the documentation of it. Huh. Damn. Damn. He was just, which is so funny impress her it's also crazy that back then you couldn't just do a google search and figure that out yeah well that wasn't accessible information to you our audio ran out of space 
<laughs> and I had to delete 5,000 things from my trash can on my computer. But we're back. Woo! Uh, anyway, let's move forward together as a unit. While the head janitor for this porn production place, he hired a 59-year-old veteran struggling addict, Edward Dalton Haffey. <laughs> that was hard to say. As an extra hand around, Edward shares stories of his past, many dark stories, and Mike would shoot back with his fake stories from the war. They started a friendship together. Do you think they both were just lying back and forth? Like when those, you know, those crazy people who like, they just are like pathological liars and, and just they become shoot shit. besties and like, yeah. both of them are like, oh my God, but this crazy thing. Do you think they were doing that? Like, Maybe. Just a little crazy? Trying to one up each other the whole time? Yeah. Like each story got like a little darker. And then they were like, okay, wait, we're besties. Probably, <laughs> except for come to find out, Edward's kind of scary as a human being. Oh, so the stories were true. His stories were true. Mike's definitely were not. Yeah. So as the marriage between Susan and Mike started to really hit the fan, Mike got more aggressive and abusive to Susan as she went about her life still trying to go out. And she got yelled at any time that she spent money. Out of their 17 years of marriage, Susan says Mike was extremely emotionally abusive for most of it. In 2005, she kicked Mike out and pursued getting a divorce. Mike wanted to stay together. I'm proud of you, Susan, for doing that. Literally, after 17 years being emotionally abused for that long, only because she was trying to have a normal life. Yeah, like spend money? You can't spend money without being yelled at? Literally. That is hell to me. And you're being controlled by your... She's a nurse, and she's being emotionally controlled and, like, monetarily controlled, which is a whole other type of abuse, by her husband, who is a janitor for a porn studio. (laughs) Yeah, so... Susan, Susan, you you did the right thing, yeah. You smashing it by divorcing him. That must have been so hard. We love you. Yeah, you killed that shit. So, on September 6, 2006, Susan got off work as an ER nurse, where she had worked for 30 years. Susan went to a hair salon before going home. It's important to note that Mike and her used to live in this house together, but are currently separated and undergoing the divorce. The locks were never changed. Oh. (laughs) 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 Basically, she still had... Might come over and let the cats out if she was working really long shifts at the ER. So they were still, like, communicating. They were civil, yeah. Yeah. They were civil. They weren't batshit crazy at each other. But it was like, hey, can you come take out the cat? Or can you come feed the cats? I'm at work for 34 hours in the next two days, you know? Like, I need help around the house still. Which is hard, I guess, like, after cohabitating with someone for 17 years. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do everything by yourself. Too. Like, nursing shifts are so long. Yeah. Like, yeah, and there wasn't WAG. WAG has really changed the system. <laughs> Literally. So. Yeah. So, anyway, when she went into the house, she found a note on the microwave that said, I went to the beach because I haven't been sleeping. I just need to get away for a while. Mm-hmm. As she knew the beach was one of Mike's happy places, she didn't think much of it and began to unwind from work. So, Mike had come over and let out the cow- cat's let out the cats that's funny that's such a dog person language <laughs> it's because i have two dogs and have never owned a cat that i'm like honey can you let out the cats when you get home <laughs> like, oh my god what you tapped into something there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i guess feed the cats is that what you would do to take care yeah, of a cat during yeah. the day Maybe feed like, it touch it feed it touch it for a while yeah yeah okay well 
Mike said he was going to come feed and touch the cat. (laughs) And so she thought that he had just left her a note being like, I'm going to go to the beach for a while. Don't really like I'm not going to be able to come by for the cats. But it was one of his happy places. The beach was one of his happy places. Yeah. And she was like, okay, he's going to like he hasn't been able to sleep. He's going to the beach to sort out his thoughts for a while. He deserves this time. He's processing this, too. Like, she's a very level-headed woman. So she's, in her brain, like, this is normal. This is a really good, healthy thing for him to go to the beach where he feels comfortable to help him process our divorce. Yeah, yeah. You know? And they're still in, like, communications. There had to be some level of, like, friendliness still. Yeah, like, he's not going to be able to come watch the cats for a while. Noted. That's all she thought this note was. So around 6.40 p.m., Susan is in her kitchen. She looks towards her bedroom and thought it was weirdly dark in there, so she went to open the curtains. As she walked in the room, she stood nose-to-nose with the man, Edward Haffey, Mike's employee. Uh. <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> that, that, times two, times two. Edward Haffey is 5'9", 190 pounds. He held a red and black claw hammer, and he wore two layers of gloves. Two hammers? No. Oh, no, no, no. He was no. wearing... The hammer is red and when black. When Katie's reading okay. my notes. <laughs> oh, sorry. He held a red and black hammer, and he was wearing two layers of gloves. One, like, black latex, and then on top of that, he wore kitchen yellow rubber gloves. Oh, so he was there for something weird. Yeah. Susan said that they were so close that... I could feel his wet, winded breath on me. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She said he had hot breath, dude. (laughs) He had hot breath winded bre- oh so he was out of breath oh ew ew yeah. ew. <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew edward began to hit susan in the head and face with the hammer oh my god her training as an er nurse became instinct she got closer to him instead of backing away so he couldn't swing the hammer as far that is such a cheat code that is so smart yeah susan knew that she had to rely on her instincts to get through this she was middle-aged overweight and had two bad knees but knew that she still had a fighting chance <laughs> why do they Susan so much they're like she had bad knees she's well just putting herself in this situation like this is a group of human beings that are most the time the most ill-prepared for these situations yeah you know old people yeah middle-aged yeah people are just the most (laughs) old people anybody over 30 (laughs) old people (laughs) no these middle-aged people do you expect this to happen? Do you train physically every single day? No, no way. No. And Susan was like, I don't train my body every single day, but I know how to use my body to my advantage. Yeah. And that is why she's a badass bitch. Girl boss. Girl. It, Susan would be feeling girl boss. Do you want to take a moment and pause and do this really fast? <laughs> oh, yeah. Girl, girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight. What are you feeling today, Mer? Definitely gaslight, yeah. <laughs> okay. Elaborate. Yeah. Do you want? Yeah, I just. I'm a bitch today. Yeah, gaslight some people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. Some days no, it'd be like I, that. Philanese? Um, oh. gatekeeping. What are you gatekeeping? I'll keep those details to myself. Opa! <laughs> Opa! <laughs> Kate. Girl boss. Love that. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, got a new job. Yeah, Katie yeah. has an office. Yeah, I've got my own office. So I'm excited. Katie yeah. literally has an office. What? So that'll be fun. So feel a little girl boss for that. And As you should. Yeah. And that's that's 
it. I'm also feeling girl boss this week. Woo! A girl bossy week. I wasn't feeling girl boss for a while, but I think today specifically I'm feeling girl boss. Today turned it around for me. Mm -hmm. I enjoy seeing your faces. I don't know if there is one. <laughs> All right. So, as she lunged back towards Edward, Susan got the hammer away from him and remembered what her dad taught her as a little girl. If you ever use a hammer as self-defense, the claw end works the best. He said, If you ever have a hammer as self-defense, the claw end works the best. And that's where it ends. Uh, <laughs> so... First of all, badass dad being like, yeah, so if you ever have to, just letting you know, turn it around. <laughs> you know, Damn. turn the hammer yeah. around. That end will do the damage. Yeah. And thank God for her remembering this in this moment. She is the most, like, in a fight or flight situation, she is buckling down, you know? A Marvel superhero. Literally like, starts, like, flashback. going towards him, fighting him <laughs> yeah. to get this hammer. I mean, and I would walk in, and I'd be like, fuck no, baby, and run away. I'd be, like, out of that shit, okay? Yeah. And I would have got God. I would be dead, probably, you know? Yeah. She did all of the but right she things. She seriously, like... She did all of the right things. Wow. The cheat code. Had the cheat code. Girl boss. I mean, for like, as a nurse, you have to be, because people come into the, in the ER. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So she said yeah. she would have to take weapons away from people in the ER. Uh, she had training on how to use inertia of another human being to like pen them in case they were being violent towards themselves or another person in the ER. Damn. So being a nurse saved her life in yeah. this situation. Yeah. She Damn. was like, without her ER training, she would have had none of this. Which like, shout out to all of the ER nurses that be dealing with this daily. I could not imagine doing that as a daily job. No. Yeah. That's so Insane. cool, though, that she used it. Like, yeah. Wow. So she then began hitting Edward with the hammer. Cool. <laughs> Susan nice. being shorter than Edward. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the woo either. <laughs> Which one's the woo? <laughs> oh, God. Is there a woo? I don't know if there is. Oh, <laughs> The same one. <laughs> Susan being shorter than Edward knew that she had to use her weight to her advantage. She tried slamming against him to get him to the ground. Edward stood strong and shoved her back against the wall. Edward then said the only words to her that he would mutter that entire night. You're strong. That's terrifying. That's so scary. I'm so sorry. She knew then that he was there for one purpose only. This wasn't a robbery. Edward was here to kill her. As they fought back and forth, Edward gained control of the hammer. Susan then grabbed his throat and squeezed as hard as she could. She screamed, Who sent you here? The fact that he didn't say anything else the entire night besides yeah, for you're strong. after they got into a, like a physical fight, he slammed her against the wall and said like you're strong. Yeah, that is, that is terrifying. Crazy. That is this Ew. most horror movie dystopian ass one line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He Did, thought he had power over her. Yeah. Literally. Did she know who he was? Like, had she seen him before? I don't at think her so. Husband's work or anything? No, because. He was just, like, another custodian. Yeah, so you know? it's also a fucking stranger in her house. Damn. Yeah. And he's scary. He's <clears throat> tall. Big scary. So as she squeezed harder and harder, Edward turned blue as she yelled, You're not going to kill me. <laughs> she then realized, in fact, she was about to kill Edward as he started turning pale white. She then dropped him and attempted to escape by running for the hallway. Haffy immediately caught up to Susan, as he was not fully unconscious. 
He began wailing on her face, badly splitting her lip. As Susan fell to the floor, she looked up at the hitman and said for the first time, she thought, I'm gonna die today. Dude. That moment's so scary. Well, that also, like, she didn't want to kill him, but he's trying to kill her. Yeah. So she was like, I still want to keep my morality. Like, I don't want to kill a man, but holy shit, like... She let go of him because she didn't want to kill him and tried to escape. And then he was like, get back here. No, and she let go of her advantage. Like, now, oh, Literally. And now she's on the floor. And I don't know, that moment, it happens so often. Like, last week at the White Island Volcano, that moment of, is this my last moment, is so scary. And I think it's even scarier in this moment because she, by all rights and purposes, should have made it out in that, like, she did all of the correct steps. She somehow took down this man. Yeah. She, she got free. She fought her life. Like, she fought. She got free, and now she's back down. Yeah. It's just so, like, disappointing. But she's a bad bitch, so she doesn't give up. Susan then pulled Edward to the ground. She bit his arm, thigh, and threw his pants to his groin. She wasn't going down without a fight, and she was determined to live. She knew that if she died, her teeth would be imprinted in his skin, so hopefully someone, someday, could find who did this to her. Already her brain being like, I need to bite him so they have my dental records. Oh, and... So smart. So smart. During the struggle, she was also trying to find a wallet or something in his pockets to identify the man. She didn't know who he was. She was going to try to throw it into a corner of the room in hopes that he wouldn't find it in the cleanup. This would allow police to trace the murderer. Yeah. So she like grabs a wallet out of his pocket and throws it in the corner and if he doesn't see it, then like his ID mm. is in the apartment. Yeah, so they're gonna know that she's missing and he did it. She is so smart. She is so smart. She, wow. The cheat code, the blueprint. Yes. After 14 minutes of chaos and warfare, Susan used her brute strength to get Haffy into a chokehold. She screamed at him. Tell me who sent you and I will call the fucking ambulance. Haffy only growled back at her. She choked him until he stopped moving and then held a little longer. She then grabbed the hammer and ran to her neighbors. Damn, so she, like, killed him? You know the Shia LaBeouf running for your life? Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) (laughs) You know that? That's literally this moment inspired by true events. You know, like, she finally made it out and is sprinting to the neighbors and there's, like, interpretive dancers dancing around her (laughs) with the big Shia LaBeouf heads. No, but she made it. Yeah. She, did she kill him? She, at this point, thinks she did. Yeah. Um, She was like, I purposely held on longer because the first time it wasn't enough. And she was like, I didn't want to kill him. But I just knew the only way I was going to get away is if I could take him out for longer than yeah, I did the first time. Yeah, lost consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. In the 911 call, the neighbors say that the lady next door ran over because she was being attacked in her house and she thinks she might have killed the intruder. In this phone call, the 911 operator asks if Susan needs an ambulance, to which Susan instructs the neighbor to say no, but the person inside does because he might be dead. She's, like, bleeding and just went through this fight, got hit by a hammer, got beat to the ground. All of these things happened, and she's like, no, I'm okay. I don't need an ambulance. I'll be fine. Like, I know how to patch myself up. He's really fucking hurt. You need to get here. The yeah. the guy inside my house, like, I think he might be dead. I think I might have killed him. You need to get here fast. I don't know if he's okay. So she's her brain is person. still being like, yeah. I want this person to be alive. Yeah. Which is insane. Just a saint yeah. being. A saint. Yeah. 
Police arrived and found Edward Haffey dead in the hallway. An autopsy showed his system had a high amount of coke, described as a near-lethal dose. His official death was by strangulation. So she killed him. So she killed him, but also he was coked out of his brain. So that heavy panting in the beginning is just him being coked the fuck out waiting for her to come in that room. Picture, like, his internalized energy vibrating there for that long with that much coke in his system. Yo, he's crazy. This man is crazy. And also why he was able to get knocked out and immediately come, come back. back. Holy shit. Yeah. The next day, Susan found a backpack in her basement. Upon opening it, she realized it was Edward Haffey's. There was a planner with a note that said, Call Mike. Get letter. Inside a different folder, Mike Kuhnhausen's phone number was found. Mike is now tied to this guy that she knows for the first time. She didn't yeah. know that he was... Mike's employee before. So then what if he was trying to murder her? Susan said nobody else knew their house's alarm code. It had to have been Mike that gave Edward the code. It was 1210, their anniversary date. Evil! Evil, evil, evil! He hired this bitch to kill her? Uh Uh-uh. No. So a little background on Ed Haffey. He had served time for a number of things, but a main one was for arranging the murder of his ex-girlfriend. Her body was found in a river. So he... Did a murder for hire on his ex-girlfriend, and Damn. she died. Wow. So he actually got caught for this and was in jail for a while, but apparently don't go to jail for long for hiring somebody to kill you somebody didn't, else. I guess you didn't do it. Yeah. Like you weren't the person who got hired. After having it done, he realized that he could do it to somebody else and make money off of it. He was like, damn, that wasn't that bad. I could fucking do that and profit. Damn. Breaking bad. He then started working for Mike Kuhnhausen, where Mike offered to pay Ed $50,000 for the murder of his wife, Susan. The day of the murder, Mike went out of town with a credit card. He bought a gun and left a suicide note at his father's house, where he was staying during the divorce. The note read, All I ever wanted was to be loved, and every time I had it, I fucked it up. It wasn't until five days later that Mike was able to be found at a hospital where he admitted himself for a suicide watch. During an interview, Mike said he was innocent and he didn't know Ed. Then changed the story saying that he knew him, but he would never hurt his wife. <laughs> yeah, so... Here's him getting caught up like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And honestly, speculation is shit, but I think that he probably found out that she wasn't dead and then tried admitting himself to the hospital on like suicide watch being like i just told my wife that i was going to the beach and i left i i couldn't have done it i wouldn't have been there i'm i'm gonna kill myself why would i kill my wife you know like she was my everything i don't deserve to be alive well and he said that he didn't know ed though they work together they work together and then he changed it and he was like wait yeah we we work together but i wouldn't hurt my wife why, why would I do that to her? I wanted to end my own life. Why would I end hers, you know? Yeah. He was really saving leaning in. He yeah, he was face. really leaning into, like, the mental illness side of it for a while. And then he falls out of it. Yeah. He's just an idiot. So a former cellmate of Haffy contacted the police and said that Haffy reached out for help with a, quote, burglary. When they both went to meet Mike about the job, he was offered $5,000 to help Haffy kill Susan. So one of Haffy's former cellmates, Haffy calls him and is like, hey, will you come help me do this burglary? And then they get there and he's like, will you actually help kill somebody for $5,000? And the guy's like, no. And the guy narks, you know? Oh, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Damn. Really good for him. Yeah, like, only fuck 5, that. Yeah, Like, next time you have these, yeah, you're going to ask for a job like that. Literally, Jeez. five grand for killing yeah. somebody? Never no, could I no. ever. 
No. More. During the interviews, Mike tried to push other motives. He said that Susan's brother was the beneficiary for her life insurance, so maybe it was him that did it. But a significant thing was that the house would go to Mike, and the house was worth over $300,000. So he wanted, yeah. So he still had huge assets that he could get out of it. He was trying to pin it on her brother because he was feeling guilty. Why would it have been her brother that killed Susan? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? Well, ugh. And if they got divorced, he'd only get half the assets. So if he, he's like, fuck that bitch. I loved her. I'm going to murder yeah. her and take everything. Yeah. Wow. So he was charged with criminal conspiracy to commit murder and attempted murder. Susan officially filed for divorce the next day. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. Finally. Yeah. Took long enough. Ugh. In 2007, Mike pled guilty and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. That's ten? it? 10? Can you fucking believe it? When I heard oh. that, I was like, you're lying. For almost killing somebody? 10? Yeah. Isn't like for for hiring and technically he did kill someone like his actions are why Edward died. Yeah. So he still killed someone in the long run of it. It just wasn't the person he wanted to die. How long do people get incarcerated for like drug charges? There Isn't are people it, like, that are like in life. What she look like? <laughs> yeah, that is fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, wow. Yeah. So Susan was scared that Mike still had money to hire another hitman, so she sued him for emotional distress. And only after two days in trial, the jury awarded Susan $53,783 for hospital bills and other costs, but a million dollars in pain and suffering. Wait, wait, wait. After two days, the jury was like, yeah, girly, fuck him. And so the purpose of this was Mike doesn't have a million dollars, but putting a debt of a million dollars on him means that he won't be able to recover to be able to do this to Susan again. Yeah, he'll never have $50,000 again, ever. Yeah. Does he have to, when you get sued for that amount of money, do you have to continue paying that person? Is it like a I don't know how it works. Damn. Wild. If you know. Yeah. Send us a little message. Send us an email and we'll say it next week. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, guys. Love you. Susan felt scared and paranoid, so she moved homes and got a new security system, drove different ways to work, got gravel in her driveway so she could hear if anyone was approaching, and she started to go shooting at a gun range. She said, I was forced to kill another man, even though he wasn't a good man. That was the hardest part. Another? Sorry, I got caught up on another man. Yeah, I think it was just her verbiage, and that's a direct quote. It was just her verbiage of how she was saying it. it like it kind of makes it sound. I like didn't Susan... die, but another man died. You know. Oh yeah, like I was forced to kill another man. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound like she murdered another man. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like... if she did, good. Oh. <laughs> good. In prison, Mike's sentence was reduced by two years for good behavior, with his release scheduled in 2014. A few months before his release date, he died of prostate cancer. A mere 92 days from release, Susan was finally relieved. Thank God he didn't get out. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, yes, let's laugh at his death. He fucking yeah. deserves that. Oh. We'll wait for it. Yep. Uh, Susan <laughs> now works for victims' rights, self-defense training, and as a motivational speaker. In 2017, Ed Haffey's aunt wrote to Susan saying, Although this was a terrible thing that happened, nobody in the family has any bad feelings towards you. You did what you had to do. You spared many from the same trauma you experienced. 
So his family was like, you did the right thing. I We just want you to know that we don't feel like any bad things to you. You really helped a lot of people by doing what you did. Which is just nice of his family to give her, yeah. at least her, because she does feel so guilty. Some sort of closure. Yeah, because she killed a dude, and obviously she's not the type of person who would That wants do to do that. that. She's yeah. dedicated 30 years of her life to at this point people. to saving yeah. people. Yeah. And she's the most adorable little old lady. Uh, look up her picture as we look do up it her here. Picture. Oh, is that after the man? <clears throat> That's after the man? Oh, she's so cute. Aww, her cute little smile. Yeah, Aww. she's very cute. We love you, Susan. We love you, Susan. Yeah, so that's the Susan of, or the Susan. That's the Susan of Story Walters. <laughs> Woo! Woohoo! Awesome. Well, Mary, we do three sentence summaries. So, oh we can do a little pause for you if you want. There was this nurse lady, and. <laughs> Her husband was <laughs> trying to kill her with a guy, with a different guy, and... It's just a long there's, sentence. There's been a couple of periods, I think. I think we're actually at the third sentence. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? How did we get here? That is wild. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> great, great summary. <laughs> great summary. One time I roasted KC for not doing it right. Um, I was like, if you could follow the prompt next time, <laughs> it would be better. No, the oh, poor bloke. <laughs> the poor bloke. He was trying to present some conspiracies. He was trying to solve. He this was case adding nonsense. He was, was like, adding okay, nonsense. Okay, so if you put two things in the same jar, right? One plus one equals forty-eight for yeah, that boy. Yeah. Well, the Russian government is evil, and that's that's <laughs> those fucking commies. <laughs> Uh, no, we like it here. We love, well, I don't know. I don't know what we love. What we would really love is to not work stupid jobs, which is why we're asking you to subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, please. And social media. Yeah, find our social media. <laughs> Killer Kush Podcast. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Find our link tree in the bio of whatever you're scrolling on right now or hearing our voices through those little magical pods in your ears. And subscribe to our Patreon, please. Also, do the sound form if you want to submit a sound of the week and submit a listener story in the rotation form. Yeah. So many ways to interact with us. We want... Friends. We're so lonely. We're so lonely. We're so lonely. lonely. All right. Bye on three. Bye on three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.